want us to queue up two hours for? What? To listen to episode 51 of Morning Brew, I am, of course, Adam Sheridan. I'm Daniel Purcell. I'm Stephen Burke, and I was waiting for Dan to go first. I was wondering how long it would take him. It didn't take me that long at all. No, there was a pregnant pause there. I could see that (laughs) malevolent look in your eye that you get sometimes. How could you? My face is washed out on screen. It's just a vibe. It's a malevolent, it's, it's an aura that comes off through the camera. Um, I think that's just lens flare. So we were talking before before you joined, Stephen. We were talking about Crusader Kings two very very briefly, um, and I looked it up. Right, because... are you finished talking about Crusader Kings two, or can we talk? About something no, later? I no. This is not. It's not even about Crusader Kings. It's just about the price of it. Um. So we it looked it up, and apparently, so it's free to play. Apparently, I had no idea Crusader Kings was free to play. This is two. This is two. I had no so idea. Three. Three is out. What about two years? Uh, something like that. A, a year. Oh, it's out of here's your so here's your option. You can play Crusader Kings two for free, mm-hmm. or you can buy the Imperial bundle, which is two hundred sixty three euro twenty nine cents. That's currently on a seventeen percent discount. So oh, it's Crusader <laughs> Kings three. So no, no, this is two. It's still two. What? Yeah. So it's either free or three hundred quid. What? Um, or a five euro monthly subscription. I don't understand oh. how this works. What? So I mean, like, Are you sure th- that doesn't say thirty. No, 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 no. It's two hundred sixty three euro. Two. Yes. I so assume I, that has all like all the expansion packs, blah blah blah. I mean, even if it does, it's one is still free. The subscription, the subscription gives you all the expansion. It's, it's this is the problem. So the paradox model is they'll create a base game which is pretty good, but leaves uh-huh. you wanting more. And then over the course of about five years of support, they'll mm-hmm. uh, continually release DLCs that add bits and add bits and add bits and add bits, and that's mm-hmm. reasonable for a while. But they keep doing it for so long that eventually people don't start the game. You know, like at the moment, people don't buy Europa Universalis 4 because if you want to get all the DLC at, you know, average price, you have to buy it all for, I think it comes to about 200, 300 euros. If you get it on sale, it's still, even now, come, like won't go below 50 or something because there's just so much of it. And hmm. so they had to they had to figure out well fuck how do we how do we work our way around this I, I mean with Crusader Kings two they're like make it free to play we're making Crusader Kings three anyway and it's going to look better but what they did is they was like okay we'll do a subscription and you can get all of the Paradox games and all of the DLC and blah 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 if you pay the subscription for the month so do you get which, Crusader Kings three for that subscription I don't actually know if they I assume so but maybe I, they I don't I don't think so no I think you get you get like Europa Universalis and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, maybe. Like for another for another what ten quid, you could have the entire Adobe Adobe production suite, couldn't you? I'm genuinely thinking of other things you could spend the money on instead of Paradox yeah. DLCs. I think it's a, I think it's quite a bit more expensive now for the Adobe <laughs> stuff. I don't know. I've no, moved it's back not. off Adobe. Not if you don't pay for it. <laughs> well, yeah, everything's free if you steal it. <laughs> That's not a good argument. A fucking Porsche is cheap if, if you steal it. Did you just average out, Steve, between paying full price and stealing it there? <laughs> it's not about th- if, I, if I bought it, it's it would be 700 stealing it if it's an old it's version zero. of the package. They're not charging for the old versions anymore. You can't buy the old licenses. So CS6 and Younger is all fucking fair game as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't think that'll hold up in court. <laughs> Prove it. I mean, I've, I'm not going to sue you. I'm not Adobe. Adobe, you can sue me. Actually, don't sue me. You can't. You've no. You've no locus standi. You can't. They'll take the heiress. Can't do <laughs> fucking thing. I've no money anyway. You wouldn't want to sue me. Exactly. They'll take the heiress and they'll Photoshop it, and then you'll be stuck with something else. They'll Photoshop a Tesla logo onto it. 
if anybody sues me and tries to take my car, I'm going to strip it for parts and they can fucking tow it away themselves. I'm going to sell the parts before you fucking keep, keep them somewhere else and sell the parts individually. I'm sure the law has thought of that. And I'm, gonna I'm sure the, people have done that. Clear before. all the coins out of the ashtray as well. Oh, that'll get them. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got, weirdly, I've got, I, I discovered recently that my, because of the number of times my dad has said, oh, here's a tool for the car. Oh, here's a tool you should take for the car. Oh, here's a tool for your car. Uh, I now have, I have no fewer than five 14 millimeter spanners in the back of the car, <laughs> which are only <laughs> useful, I think, in the Yaris for removing a couple of bolts. I think it's mostly useful for getting a group of guys together and playing a game where you throw spanners at each other and the last person on concussed wins. That's going down on the stag list. <laughs> we got Hynomite and we have Dodge a Spanner. What a great set of games for the festivities. Not, but, not to mention not to mention, not to mention Jaegerbaum squad. <laughs> no, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that yet. This is just a teaser. What could it Stand be? Aside, madam, where are the Unabomber? <laughs> Unabomber. It was just, it was Stand just aside, an idea madam. that I had. I had like randomly the other night, and I was like, I better send the text before I forget. <laughs> so I just got to randomly text this and nothing else, and then I'll remember next time. Speaking uh, of, <laughs> have you ever? You know how the thing where you have an amazing idea at like two in the morning, you're like half asleep, and something comes mm. to you, so you write it down so you don't forget it. And then you check it in, in, in the morning after and it's either complete incomprehensible garbage or it's a terrible idea and you're embarrassed for having thought that you needed to remember this. Has no. that ever happened to you? No. If I wake up in the middle of the night, it's for two reasons. Mainly to piss or the other one is I've had a weird fucking dream and I woke up suddenly and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I'm really confused right now. And that's the only two reasons I'm up in, in the middle of the night. I, I, if I have work ideas outside the working day, I, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember them. You're not being paid to then, to be I'm fair. Not being paid to remember that shit. <laughs> I don't get paid for memories. <laughs> I, I don't a memory get memory clause on my contract. I'm not, I'm not letting work colonize my dreams, man. Fuck that. I never said these were work ideas. Now, what about like ideas for your great novel? That sounds like work to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm self-employed, man, doesn't mean that I can that I should let work colonize my leisure time. I honestly admire and that's that my advice, And that is my advice to everybody who uh, happens to be self-employed or bogus, or indeed bogusly self-employed in a creative field. Do you not self-improve. That None benefits your job, so don't do it. Yeah, unless you, unless, you can make, unless you can make the case for self-improvement and you can figure out how much it's worth to you down the line, then necessarily go improving yourself. I refuse to improve. Yeah. Are you, what are you, how are you going to reward or reward yourself for... Uh, you know, are you going to give yourself a training budget and pay yourself out of that training budget? Unless you're prepared to work things out based on your salary. You everything outside, learn? everything outside of my working life is dedicated to me slowly devolving and becoming worse and worse of a human. And that's the way I will keep it until I'm dead. All right. What's your most recent devolution? How have you disimproved in the last few months? Um, oof. That's a good one. I don't think I've done much disimproving in the last few months. I had a, I had a rising alcohol problem for a while there that I had to settle back down <laughs> for, for mostly health reasons and concern. But uh, I don't think I've done too much disimproving over the last few months. Did a lot of, did a lot of disimproving over COVID. Burn, burned a lot of bridges and, and emptied a lot of bottles over, over COVID. That was, a, that was a long stretch of time there. Huh. And... 
I mean, was that part of your plan? Like, is the way you the way you uh, phrase this, it makes it almost seem like you're committed to disimproving. But I, f- I feel that like you've you've arrested that. You kind of you've dragged mm. yourself back from. Well, see, the, the alcoholism thing isn't you disimproving. That's 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 your self. That's your subconscious disimproving for you when you're out of it. So I don't feel like that's fair game. You know, I can't I can't let myself go too far down to alcoholism because then someone else is disimproving me, and that's not fair. That's that's <laughs> cheating. I go on my own mileage or I don't go at all. Yeah, hmm. exactly. How can I claim credit for something that someone else is doing, even if that someone else is me? Not fair. That's cheating. So would you say that marriage has arrested your character slide or just sent it in new and crazy directions? Maybe you're falling uh, apart in ways you haven't even conceived of yet. Yeah, well, I've lost my long hair. That's definitely disappeared since marriage. Huh. That's true. You had to cut your ponytail. Yeah. That was mainly for turning 30, though. You can't have long hair in your 30s. That's sick. That's weird. That's weird. That's true. Mm-hmm. Then you're a pervert. You're probably yeah, long hair, some long hair, girl somewhere. Long hair ends in your 20s. That's when you've got to stop that shit. That's, that's too, 30s is too much. You're holding did on you have, to you. Did you have a ceremony? Did you say, I'm with this, I say goodbye to boyhood, and you chopped it off, and you lost all your strength? No, I gained more strength, which was very unfortunate, because I was trying to disimprove. Oh, it's the reverse Samson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I figured I would Samson myself, but I actually reversed Samson myself, and I've never been more powerful. <laughs> and then you went to go help the Philistines against the Israelites instead of the other way around. <laughs> Quick, how can I do the most damage with the most amount of power? <laughs> how can I abuse this new gift I've been given? That, bring us back to your, your dream idea. What, what is, uh, what, what's coming to you in the middle of the night that you're writing down? Like, it's someone, I, it, 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 on, I think it was Monday... I remember waking up and thinking, this is a great idea for my book. This is going to be, this is just not a book I'm writing. This is when I write my fantasy book, this will be a class idea in it. This is a great way of doing, you know, something interesting. I can't remember what I originally thought. Um, but when I opened the my phone, you know, because I, I sent myself a text message, that was the, the way of doing it. Um, I think I said something like, maybe sometimes birds problem, question mark. And I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know what... <laughs> how the birds are problematic. I don't know why they're only occasionally problematic. I'm not really sure how any of that ties into a book. But at two in the morning, I was like, I mean, this is the fucking done. greatest Hitchcock's idea. Done it. Okay. Maybe Hitchcock I did a whole film about birds being problematic. Okay. We've been done. We're, we're, Maybe we're done I did this. genuinely no. think, oh yeah, what if I do the birds, but in a fantasy setting? I, think I don't think th- there's a racket you- there. I think take modern, I take classic movies and just transpose them into fantasy and hope no one notices. Like there do Ocean's Eleven, of- but in fantasy. Where there there must be loads of mid-tier us. scripts that would be on un- that were unfilmable, submitted to movie studios back in like the fifties. That would be totally possible to make with CGI techniques now. Uh, yeah, probably. If they existed, or if they still existed, you know, if they hadn't been like put in the shredder. Yeah, but you know, maybe they're in a box yeah, somewhere. I, they're yeah, they're, they're well sitting in a storage container. Yeah. I mean. Speaking of uh, movie ideas, um, I think what we the movie we went to see last weekend is probably one of the best movie concepts that I've heard of in a long time. The Nick Cage flick, that was the classic. Nick Cage yeah. Flick, yeah. So the, the I mean, we went to see the unbearable weight of massive talent. So to those of you who haven't been paying attention to the Nick Cageverse, in which case, <laughs> shame, shame on you. Cop onto yourselves. What are you doing with your life? Tune in. Um, it's basically about Nicolas Cage meeting his biggest fan and reliving all his greatest hits. And <laughs> it's the best idea I've ever... Well, it's one of the top 
five ideas I've ever heard for a movie. Um, I think it's 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 um, it's exactly what it says it is, and it's exactly what you think it's going to be. That's great. <laughs> I would argue that it's actually a lot better than it sounds on paper, and on paper it sounds like a bunch of fun. Um, I wasn't expecting the movie to be so good. Um, it was really really good, and it was short. And it took away my biggest criticism of Nick Cage, which is every fucking Nick Cage film is these actors that don't want him to act. They want him to be the goofy guy from X movie. Huh. And you just got, you just rinse and repeat those same four films since the 90s. Um, and that was the same all the way up until that movie he did um, where he was fighting the animatronics that I talked about, Willy's Wonderland. Um, it was the same up until that, essentially, where, like, yeah, you get one movie every, like, fucking 30 but they keep wanting it to be the same fucking, you know, oh, this character we've seen in this movie, we want that for this. And that's boring. That's really boring. But in this movie, he Actually, acts his yeah. fucking ass off. He acts <laughs> his ass off. He's mm, really God. genuinely good in it. And it's the first time in like a while where like they've really fucking like made him put any level of effort in beyond just, oh, hey, do this again for us. Which, you know, that's his job. He does it. But it's just, you know, boring. But this was a really good film. He acts his ass off. He's fantastic in it. He's easily the best person in the entire cast. Like, without without comparison. I I thought, I mean, not that he isn't the best person in the entire cast, but I thought that Pedro Pascal did a really, really good job as well. I thought he was really good as the, the fan. Yeah, he was. But the difference with Nick Cage is that a lot of the callbacks as well are super subtle, and he nails the, like, the beat is perfect. It's not like, you know what I mean, like it's off I at any recognize, point. I didn't recognize any of the callbacks except for the Not the Bees one. That was the only callback I got in that entire movie. Um, well, when he's like talking to your man just before they jump off the cliff where he clearly commits to going full yeah. Nicolas Cage, I think that was um, at The Rock, I think. That's like an yeah, echo okay, of that makes sense. The Rock. That makes sense. Um, you, also have, then, you also have the Mandy guns. reference when he says Mandy. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the whole Mandy the reference. They're looking at the <laughs> chainsaw. They're like the chainsaw. For, and don't they say how great a movie Mandy was? Uh, to be yeah, fair, Mandy was a great movie. It's it's really funny watching the unbearable weight of massive talent because you can very clearly tell which movies they seen from Nick Cage that they clearly think stood out, and which ones he done in the last like twenty years. They were like, "Well, fuck this movie. Let's never mention this movie ever again." Because they skipped a lot of movies and like mentioned a good few modern ones, like Mandy's in there. Obviously, you know, obviously the National Treasure movies get mentioned, and yeah. Pig gets mentioned at one point, which, is, which Pig is obviously super modern. Like that's in the last couple of years. But it's so funny how they very clearly were like, yeah, forget this one and this one and this one and this one. Mandy's cool. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Cut all these. <laughs> just mm. completely, completely skips them. But like, I, I think that's just the, the way of Nicolas Cage movies. There's like a, a canon almost, you know, people will like, you know, they'll take Face Off, they'll take The Rock, they'll take National Treasure and, you know, the other good movies. And now there's been actually quite a few in the last, I think, five years has been, you know, Color yeah. Out of Space, Mandy, Pig. Um, whatever that Five Nights at Freddy's one you said all of Willy's those Wonderland. have been really Willy's Wonderland yeah so there's been a lot of good ones in the last few years and that's yeah. like one Nicholas. that's the good Nick adaptation uh, Leaving Las Vegas all of those are like the good Nicolas Cage movies Raising Arizona yeah. he's got a fucking great actor actually been a lot of cracking movies um, but then on the other hand they have the canon of shit Nicolas Cage movies like yeah. uh, The Wicker Man Kiss of the Vampire um any of the ones included in that YouTube video of Nicolas Cage losing his shit to Requiem for a Dream. 
which I think <laughs> if any actor has been harmed by a YouTube video, Nicolas Cage's perception has been harmed by that by, by the existence of that YouTube video. Do you think video. that's why do you think that's why National Treasure 3 never got greenlit? Wow. I, I like the National Treasure movies are so fucking strange because they're not like good in any kind of like objective <laughs> way. You know, like they're kind of the 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 what's not the setups the um the set pieces are kind of quite corny the plots in especially in the second one are just fucking all over the gaff and um, it's always like oh it means this they go there actually it means the other thing but i said it means this to trick the baddie um and at the same time they're fucking fantastic i love the national treasure movies i love that they just go to history and history's like here's where the treasure is and they have to like go to the next fucking monument. If there was a National Treasure three, they would literally have to like climb underneath the Lincoln Memorial to find like a guide to some treasure that the slaves had carved there or something like that. Uh. Is are they his last big budget films? National Treasure. Be surely, like that was two. That was early two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I feel like he's been in big things since then. He was in Kickass, didn't they, but didn't they say in the whole film that he wanted to go and do a lot of D numbers? Wasn't that, yeah. wasn't that so, the whole, didn't they, they acknowledge that? So basically they, they, like he has a whole monologue at the start of it where he's talking shit on basically everyone to talk shit on him. Yeah. And where he, the whole scene where he says like, you know, no. oh, it's okay for other people to no. do their job, but this is my job and I get shit for it. <laughs> you know, that that's a whole, like, that's just a, a punchline aimed at anyone that's that's given Nick Cage criticism, yeah. um, you know, for, for phoning it in. But he's not phoning it in. He's doing what he's asked. And I don't personally like it either. I think a lot of the movies were very like, hey, we're a fan of Nick Cage. Let's have Nick Cage do this performance from blank. And then they, they pay mm. him for that and he pays his bills. And good for him. But like, like you know, as someone watching his movies, it's hardly the most fucking fun in the world. And then every now and again, you get a Mandy or something. You're like, this rules. <laughs> I think this movie, honestly, is the best send off you could ask for. He can do another 40 shit films after this. And I still <laughs> think Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is the perfect tribute for him. Seriously. <laughs> Um, I'm looking at his other movies to try to see what would be okay. National Treasure Two came out what? in, in uh, 2007. 2007. Okay. Um, also, National Treasure Two is cap or like set you know tagline, not tagline. You know the second title is, yeah. is the fucking greatest second title of any kind of movie. Book of Secrets. You can take <sighs> any movie, turn it into a sequel, and add Book of Secrets at the end, and it would sound great. That is Frozen true. Two, Book of Secrets. Ghost Rider Two, Book of Secrets. Although Ghost Rider 2 is the spirit of vengeance. so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Book of Secrets would have been a better subtitle. That is true. Okay, so since then, I'm just trying to see how many... He's a fucking Astro Boy, apparently. He did The Sorcerer's <laughs> Apprentice. Was that a big budget movie? Does that count? The Croods? Um, uh, Croods probably had a decent budget, I guess. Right? If I had to guess, Croods was made on like... I don't know. $30 million. Hmm. That sounds about right. Uh, he was into he was in Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, but that's fair. But that's also a little bit different. I wouldn't consider Into the Spider Verse a big film. I think it was a cult hit, but like it was very clearly made on a smaller budget and with not great intentions behind it. Like to I think be the honest. sequel, I think the sequel to it is going to be considered a big film because they probably put a lot more money in. They're going to market a lot more. But I think the first one, it'd be hard pressed to say, oh you know, this was a big budget film just because it was post-release a cult classic. Like, it does look here like he was essentially in a pile of shit between 2003 
and 2017. 22. And then, <laughs> like, there's a lot of fucking awful movies in here. What's um, the worst? Um, USS the... Indianapolis Men of Courage, maybe. Or no, what the fuck? The one um, Left Behind, the, the Rapture movie is dog shit. Rapture movie. He's one. Of, he's like, I think is he an airline pilot in it? Like everyone gets sent to the rapture, and he's one of the people left behind. Oh, okay. Um, that was pretty shit. And was there another? Was there some? Was there some movie like some kind of like disaster conspiracy movie, sort of like the number forty-two with him in it, where he was like realizing um, that there was some, something terrible, knowing. Oh yeah, is that it? No, yeah, knowing was the one where he. Um, it's really I hard think, to keep track. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Fast but Times th- at Ridgemont. His first his first film was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, in which he's credited as Nicholas Coppola. I for- oh yeah, he's a relation, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is a Coppola. He's like a nephew yeah. of Francis Ford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, wow. But anyway, basically in 2018, he does Mandy, and then immediately afterwards, just starts cranking out bangers like he does <laughs> Into the Spider Verse, Love and Dosha, yeah. uh, Color Out of Space. Primal, The Croods, A New Age, Willy's Wonderland, Pig, The Unbearable. Like, Don't squeeze Croods 2 or 3 in there. <laughs> you know what? The Croods are fucking really good movies. I'm really surprised at how much I enjoyed them when I saw them over Christmas. I mean, they're I, like, I've never seen any of the Croods films. They're like, you know, if, if an average uh, children's animation movie is a five, they're a six. You know, they're not, they're not, you know, fucking Pixar, but they're not terrible either. That's I mean, how I feel about any any animated film in cinemas that's not Pixar. Is that they're all the is, same film? I'd like to know what Nicolas Cage's worst, absolute worst, direct-to-TV movie is. Direct-to-TV. Yeah. Wait, well, yeah, because there definitely is. Worse let's see ones. what Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say here, because I'm dying to know. I'm dying to know. Like, I need to know the absolute answer to this. What is the I'm, absolute worst, most dog shit thing Nick Cage has ever done? I'm gonna make a guess. Based on uh, the posters that I can see here on Wikipedia, and I already have a really strong candidate. Um, yeah, it is a hundred percent either Grand Isle or the Humanity Bureau, and I'm betting on the Humanity Bureau. Okay. Um, I don't know. Some of his films have like this. One of them is rated four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> surely, like sh- surely, the Wicker Man is on like zero percent as well. Um, I on. think you'd be surprised. I think the Wicker Man gets boosted because of the fucking meme status of it. Yeah, but I don't think critics are going to like it because of the meme status. I think people are going to go watch it. If you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes, though, you might see an inflated score based on the fact that it's a meme movie. You know what I mean? There's, oh, never mind. Tomato, I was going to tomato say meter. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Ah, Fuck yes. Grand Isle, zero percent. Holy shit! Zero. Left Behind, zero percent. Grand Isle, zero percent. Deadfall, zero percent. What's Deadfall? A lot of them don't even have a score. A thousand words, zero percent. Oh, that looks like an Two Eleven was the one I was looking at with four percent. Okay, what's, I want to see what the Humanity Bureau has. Twenty-five percent. Twenty-five percent. Jesus, that's like fucking what twenty five times better than his worst film. What do you think is his highest rated movie? Uh, uh, it says right here, Red Rock West. No, it's not. There's, a, there's another one. There's another one higher on mine. Also, I'm getting Adam Spider Man. Yeah, ah, you fuck, you gave it away. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking Spider Man. Where's Mandy on his list of of? Uh... It's just behind uh, Teen Titans Go to the movies. A lot of a lot of, them, a lot of them, though... Teen Titans Go movie. Yeah, he's Superman. 
<laughs> He's Superman. That's amazing. Neo Noir gem. I've never seen this one. Huh. I mean, Mandy made only one million dollars at the box office. No, there's uh, a whole two hundred K in there. One point two million dollars. I would imagine million. I would imagine that movie lived off uh streaming. Yeah. Oh, probably actually, yeah. yeah. Well, because you look at it here, right? <laughs> so we're in a weird position when it comes to Ireland where like we'll get most movies in cinemas. And it's kind of bizarre when you think about it because like some movies are such utter dog shit that you wonder like, <laughs> did they give you this reel? Like, did you just get handed this? Um, whereas for a lot of places like Mandy probably wouldn't have had a very big opening in the US. It probably would have been very, very limited theaters and probably a short run. Yeah. Um, and you'll see that a lot. Like that that film, uh, Wolf Walkers, I think it was called. The yeah. animated one. That was super hyped up. Had like a huge budget. I think it was like a $10 million movie. I think there was like millions put into marketing. Because it was a streaming movie, I think it was only in for one weekend in select theaters. And I think that's only for like the awards season. I think it made like $200,000. And the tax purposes too. Not to mention the tax. Yeah, I think it's mostly a. Uh, I think it's mostly a, an awards thing, though. If they put it in cinema for at least a weekend, they can. It, then it, put it, it needs award. to be in theaters for a certain amount of time to qualify. Yeah, yeah. For... But like you see that a lot. Wolf Walkers has like a fucking like ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I've yeah. never seen it. But like that was it. That movie made two hundred thousand dollars at the box office. Yeah. You know, which is a gigantic flop. <laughs> is Paranormal Activity still the the smallest budget to biggest return of all cinema? Uh, I couldn't tell you. It's I like still thought it was and then it, Blair Witch must Blair Blair Witch was yeah Blair Witch would have been my guess. No, I think Paranormal Activity made like hundred and fifty million dollars on a fifteen thousand dollar budget. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, number number two is yeah this Paranormal Activity is number one according to this according yeah, to this list I found here number two is a movie called Tarnation, <laughs> which had a budget of two hundred pounds and made. And who million. did who did Nick Cage play in that? Let's find out. Number three according to this is Mad Max. Huh. The first one. Yeah, what was the budget for that? Hundred grand. Uh, Two hundred grand. Cage and Mad Max. Yeah, these aren't, yeah, these Max... aren't the most profitable Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, he's the car. Mel <laughs> <laughs> Gibson rides him across the desert. Uh, do you want to know what the biggest difference between the audience score and the critic score is for any Nick Cage movie? Hmm. Let me guess. Oh. As in, like, which is higher? Which is higher? We're taking the audience. highest audience score and the lowest. Yeah. National yeah. Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. Uh, that's nowhere to be seen. Fuck. Uh, the, biggest one I found, the biggest one I found so far is 62 percentage points between 19% from, from the critics and 81% from the audience for The Life of David Gale. The Life of David Gale? What the fuck is that? Who the fuck is know. David Gale? Uh, mystery it's thriller. Like a, it's like a secret life of Walter Mitty situation. Um, it's uh, just actually, I'm looking now at low t- rotten tomatoes or low critic scores, high high audience scores, and there's a few in here you absolutely expect, like Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets is here. Con Air, Con Air is Con Air is 55%, not certified fresh, but 75%. On the I'm gonna go with the audience on this one. I feel like there's a, a there was another one that I looked at National, National Treasure Book of Secrets, sixty-seven percent approval rating from the audience, thirty-six from the critics. <sighs> That's kind of bizarre that that yeah. that that movie is only fifty-five percent. That's weird because yeah. like Connor is very good. Like <laughs> the nineties, the nineties were like Nick Cage is like that was his like peak yeah. when but it he, came the, to like he's in a lot of movies and he's really good in them. 
there's a bunch of movies like that here, kind of like um, yeah. What about Speed? What you, I, I want to know. So Keanu Reeves in Speed. Does that movie have a good or a bad critic rating? Because I'm starting to think now it probably has a bad critic rating. I'd no, be everyone, pretty everyone certain loves, it's got a good everyone one. Everyone loves Speed. I know, but, but that was that was so obviously beyond the genre flick when it came out. So obviously a cut above a genre flick. Ninety-four uh, percent on the t- okay. on, uh, by critics and seventy-six percent by the audience. Audiences are fucking pigs. How the fuck can you watch Speed you and not like it? Do you want to know what the biggest spread the opposite way around, as far as I can see, between audience score and one that was highly rated by the critics that the audience hated? Um, bad Lieutenant, Poor Bad Lieutenant, Poor Call, New Orleans. 86% in the critics, 57% in the seats, man. Ah, <laughs> fucking hell. Excellent. Similar rating, similar rating for Peggy Sue Got Married. Critics loved that one. Audiences hated it. I love Peggy Sue Got Married. What about, my cousin, what about my cousin Vinny? <laughs> Having a clue. There's also something called Mom and Dad from 2017. Yeah, yeah never I heard see of that. It. Yeah, I see 75% that. 75% fresh, fresh, 39% in the seats. Uh, actually, I think It Could Happen to You, where he plays Charlie Lang, 71% critic rating, 54% audience rating. So Mom Adam, and, my cousin Mom Vinny is amazing because it's the same score on the audience and the critics. Oh, finally, we found the inflection point. Perfect 100%. 87, 87. That's one of my mom's favorite movies. <laughs> it's such a weird movie to like. My mom's two favorite movies are uh, My Cousin Vinny and uh, shit, what's it? Twins with Danny DeVino and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, what, are, what two weird fucking movies to like, like yeah. that much. Uh, look, if you tell if you ask me what my favorite movie is every time, what will I say every time? Akira. No. Tora Tora Tora. No. Uh, probably uh, uh, Sing of the Bismarck. No. Why? It's 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 cool runnings. Everyone knows this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Fair. My bad. My That's bad. Because you just skip over it every time. And you don't never consider the true like, you know, philosophical weight of the whole thing you know i feel like cool runnings is your candy hanging racer. out with the boys not a problem i i feel like cool runnings is your speed racer i feel like if you were born 10 years later you'd be saying the same thing what about speed racer and not cool runnings i don't know what speed racer is exactly <laughs> that's my point so all the uh all the mats from the dojo need to be put on these uh field trolleys to go back under the stage at the church hall where we train for the martial art that i do oh. and uh you train in front of jesus Yep, train in the oh. presence of the Lord, and also, and also the the various kami Japanese spirits. Apparently, we, there's a whole opening ceremony thing. But anyway, every oh. time, every time we have to put away the big trolley full of the things back under the stage, it takes a big old push. And every time I say, under my breath, feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm. <laughs> Get on, it's bobsled time, cool runnings. And sometimes oh. people hear it and laugh. <laughs> I like to imagine you also do that when you jump on your bike on a big hill. <laughs> I do that going off for fucking bus stops and uh, starting off on the bike. It's great crack. Oh, that's fantastic. I feel like they need to make Cool Runnings 2 just for you. You could star on it. I don't want a Cool Runnings 2. You, oh, you could be John Candy. You could play his character. The slot's on, open. I am putting on a bit of timber these days, all right? I, I'm looking I don't at know the... why, I don't know why he was a bobsleigh coach in that thing, though. Oh yeah, he was disqualified for putting weights in the sled. He just had to sit in it. I think they wanted the look of someone gone to seed, and then they were like, "Fuck it!" Just by God, they got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> also, they were looking for the biggest comic actor that year. Like he'd just done Uncle Buck, I think, at the time. Probably. He died the year afterwards. Yeah. Did Surprising. he? Surprising. I thought he lived much longer. <laughs> no. No, I think I think he like Elvis. He just fucking exploded internally and collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, his dad had died of a heart attack, and yet Candy insisted on smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, drinking heavily, using cocaine, and putting on a lot of weight. So, I mean, the putting on the lot of weight will 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 definitely mess you up on top of all the other shit. But like, I think also maintaining the gigantic fucking frame <laughs> of John Candy was probably a lot worse than just putting yeah, on man. some weight. Imagine he was still knocking around and like I don't know he he like figured it out or whatever and he was just a complete rake now, like he was. He <laughs> got into keto. <laughs> yeah, just turned out. Turns out when he loses the weight, he's just walking around like um, who was I thinking of? Um, Sauron, looking like wandering around, wandering around like um, fucking Ian here with the actor's name. You know, the big actor played Sauron. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Oh, Christopher Lee, that's the one. I couldn't yeah. think of who. I, I could imagine I John. Could imagine John Candy ones. lost the weight. He'd, he'd probably look something like Christopher Lee. He was just loping around, in, loping around into his nineties. cigarettes, A lot of spare skin. Yeah. <laughs> no, he had money. He, he could have taken in. That's the best part of being a celebrity. Yeah. The money. The worst part is everything about being a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking here at the top movies uh, of all time on the Rotten Tomatoes using their adjusted score, and it's a fucking weird collection of movies. <laughs> the okay. Top, the, the top four, like, top five. You'd never guess the top. You'd never guess four of these. Well, you might guess one of them, but you won't guess the other three. Yeah, let's, let's try guess the top five. Give us a hint. Sorry, what was okay. the question again? I, I got distracted. These are the top five Rotten Tomatoes movies using their adjusted score. So three of them are from pre-World War Two. No, adjusted, one of them is is adjusted score is their critic rating combined with their audience rating, is it? I think they give certain critics a heavier rating. It's like inflation for reviews. All right, well, one of them is Gone with the Wind. I was about nope. to say that. No. Not really? No. Casablanca? No. Huh. But you're on the right track. Well, think of like Maltese Falcon? No. Or Noir? No. Sound of Music? No. Gettysburg? No. Gettysburg? Oh, fucking no. That's not one of like the classic... You know, old timey film historian greatest movies. Uh, There's a really obvious one there. The Three Searchers. Stages? The no, 1941. It's not Saint the Bismarck, no. <laughs> no. Orson <laughs> Welles. Third Man. No, the other Orson Welles movie. Um, the big one. Oh, uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is number two. Oh, Schindler's List. No. No. You're not going to get the other ones. Are it happened one night at number one, what? 1934, The Wizard of Oz, 1939, Modern uh, Times, 1936, and then after those four movies, which all are pre 1945, these movies were all released in a world where Hitler was alive. Number five is Black Panther. Nice. <laughs> that rules. That's awesome. Hey, it's it a fucking weird time. collection. Then, so what's there? What's there from the seventies? Are, are there many there from the seventies? And could we guess them? Um, okay, so the first seventies movie is all the way down in number seventeen on the list. What year? Um, nineteen seventy-two. Blade Runner. No, I think that's no. the eighties. Is that Platoon? No, it's the it's the really obvious one. Say so, no. Taxi Driver. No, even more obvious. 
Also, the Maltese Falcon is on here at 67. Nice. Uh, How much more obvious could it be? What's the most obvious movie to pick when people talk about the greatest movie of all time? They pick two movies. One of them is Citizen Kane, and the other one is... Cool Runnings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's The Godfather. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I would never have guessed that was Was 1972. Was that 1972? Yeah, I never would have guessed that. Me it's neither. nestled between the Irishman and Mad Max Fury Road. I'm the sorry, Irish the fucking Irishman. Off. Yeah, has the anyone even watched in the that top ten? Like, no, because they fell asleep at hour six. Yeah. I watched it over the course of three days. I treated it like a mini series. It was the only way to watch it. Um, well, it's like it's it's at a certain point, it's not worth watching a movie. Like it's the same. We talked about it before at this point. You know, last summer, where I was gonna watch this the the Zack Snyder Justice League cut because it was free with my with my cable subscription and I was going to watch it for the podcast and every time I went to go and press play the thought of watching Batman for four fucking hours was so like it was like getting beaten down with a fucking bat every time and I gave up and never did it I completely <laughs> cowered it out and instead all I did was watch Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and then gave up and moved on completely from the whole bit <laughs> It was. It's over three hours. I'm telling you, it's not worth it anymore. Well, look at how I'm... look at how good that Nick Cage movie was last week, and it was just over ninety minutes. Fucking beautiful. Time to go for a drink afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you then, minutes. Adam, that number seven on this list is Avengers Endgame. So another classic. What? Three Too plus long. hour film. But it, it goes. It happened one night. Citizen Kane, The Wizard of Oz, Modern Times, Black Panther, Parasite, Avengers Endgame, Casablanca, Knives Out, Us. Toy Story 4. And Lad Knives Out, Knives Out has a place on that list. Yeah, I guess of Ryan the greatest Johnson needs to win. Uh, What's the best 80s movie on that list? Uh, E.T. Oh. Huh. Okay, fair. The best movie from the noughties is... There's no movie from the noughties on here. It was a is there de- anything from the current wow. decade during which no movies were made? Effectively. Hey. You mean the 2020s? I yeah. Don't tell uh, us if there is or there isn't just yet. Just just tell us, tell us if there is and don't tell us what it is. There's fucking loads. What? There, and I've heard of like three of them. There's so nothing one, for the two, 2000s. Three, four, nothing five. for the 2010s. And there's five. No, there's loads in the list. 2010s. Most of these are the 2010s. Um, uh, there's okay. none from the, no- two, from the noughties. Nothing from the 2000s? What? No. Too so, busy making the Spice Girls, I suppose. There's One Night in Miami, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, The Invisible Man, Soul, Ma oh, Rainey's Black Bottom, the, the, 1917, the, and Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. So what the, happened in the 2000s then? The Invisible Man is in like the remake, not the Kevin Bacon one, the, the newer one. The one with Elizabeth Moss in it. Yeah, that was a fucking dog shit film. That was terrible. <laughs> I watched that. That was an awful film. Actually, the Kevin Bacon one's not that bad even now. Um, there's a really like uncomfortable scene where he's invisible and he's like spying on his on the girl he has a crush on. Oh, cool! And that's, but like he's like he's getting more deranged as it goes. So like you, you really are thinking that like he might do something like real off the fucking walls here, and it's really uncomfortable. The new one is just what like it's nothing. Like it's not it's it's her ex is like abusive or whatever, and he he finds like a nano machine suit that turns him invisible, like mm-hmm. like real Metagir solid shit. Like it's awful. It's not good. Wow. Yeah, it's not good at Yikes. all. Yikes. What do I see? A soul is pretty good. 
but I don't know if it's fucking top 100 movies of all time good. Yeah. Also, the- this is a fucking weird list because you have Into the Spider-Verse and then you have The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. You have uh, <laughs> you have Wonder Woman next to All About Eve and Moonlight. <laughs> uh, how can you put Wonder Woman on a fucking list? Come on now. Come on. It was only good for two thirds of the movie. And then they were like, all right, boys, bring out the green screen. Look, we've said on this podcast before, like, I'm not, I'm not a fucking cinema snob, but I'm sorry. If you're doing like a list of like fucking movies, you put Wonder Woman on there. Like, come on. That's a real fucking stretch. You gotta, you gotta cut that shit out. Someone needs to be snobby about these things and put these fucking comic book nerds in their place. Yeah, I agree. They're primarily not art. I mean, fair. Yeah. On the other hand, Star Wars The Last Jedi is here, and I'm really pleased about that just to upset the nerds. <laughs> Which one is that? Is that when he drinks the titty milk, or is that the one yeah, we've seen? It's the, it's the titty milk one. Okay, okay. That's the only thing I know from the, the two movies after the one we've seen, was he drinks titty milk. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. And the Force Awakens is number fucking 60 on here. The most bland, generic film I ever saw. Um, Yeah. This is a very... I encourage everyone to look at this list because it's the weirdest combination of modern nerd shit and... Um, Dan, send me the link and we'll put the, the list We'll put the list in the uh, episode description so anyone can go and see it real easy. Yeah, they can make their own judgments and they can second guess us when we're trying to guess the things. They can tell, no, that's obvious. I've already read the list. Fuck you. And also, you can go on to um, Wonder Woman and mark it down on Rotten Tomatoes. Just really fucking review bomb that fucking movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that can't be on a top 100 list of anything. Um, it's 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 too much to even acknowledge it on a list of like the 100 biggest mistakes in cinema. Like, just don't even do that. It's too much. <laughs> one movie, one movie I'm seeing there is Lady Bird, which reminded me that yeah. when I saw Lady Bird at the time, for a while, do you remember it had some record on Rotten Tomatoes, like it had the most reviews that were all positive or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I can't, you know, I'll watch it. It must be, good. and it's it's the perfect example of that thing about Rotten Tomatoes that it doesn't necessarily measure, you know, like a 99% movie isn't 99% good. It's just it's 99% likable. You know, 99% Fair. of critics will like it, and that's. Encaps- Lady Bird is a very good movie, a nice 8 out of 10 movie. But I liked it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely the kind of movie where I could see yeah, everyone will get something from this. You know, everyone will. <laughs> it's, it's a nice, harmless kind of movie. It's got. <clears throat> that would absolutely give me at least, you know, 90, whatever fucking six, 96% of critics will give it a positive review. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't mean it's 96% good. Yeah, that's fair. I liked it. I thought Lady Bird was good, but I, I wouldn't have given it like the kind of appeal that it had um, after the fact, to be honest. I mean, I, I feel like we've been kind of... I feel like the last while we've had a lot of decent to pretty good movies and nothing that's really stood out as being like excellent. Um, like, I mean, you have Parasite in there, which I guess that's fine. But like outside of that, like, you know, there's not really a whole lot. Parasite was definitely the last mm. excellent movie, like the last nine out of ten, ten out of ten movie I saw in the cinema. Yeah, and like the like the Nick Cage film we seen last week, very good, very enjoyable, great runtime. Acting in it was very very good. You know, he definitely definitely really acted his ass off in it. And saying that though, it's still not like a fucking ten out of ten greatest movie of all time. You know, it's a it's a Nick Cage tribute hour, and it's really good at being that. I sort of missed. Do you remember when you were a teenager and you go see movies and you they were immediately the best fucking thing you'd ever seen? You were just like so. Imp- I remember seeing The Dark Knight like fucking, fucking four loved or five times. Van Helsing, 
loved Van Helsing. Loved it. What a fucking great movie. That is such a fucking out of fucking out of left field's choice. If I had to guess a hundred times what movie you loved as a teenager, I would never have. Is it because of the vampire women with the low cut tops leaning forward at ninety degrees? What a a movie. I. I don't even remember what it is about it. I just remember I fucking loved Van Helsing. Yeah, I thought it was great. Frankenstein and Dracula put... all in one, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's also the only movie that I can remember outside of Lord of the Rings that the guy who played Faramir in Lord of the Rings was in. Yeah. David Wenham or whatever. So he I was always he wasn't the lead. He wasn't the lead, though, was he? He was like the monk. No, Hugh Jackman was the lead. Oh, yeah, Hugh God. Jackman's the lead. He was, the, he was the monk who, like, I think he conned some woman into having sex with him or something like that. Or it's like, I thought he was has, a monk and they didn't have to. We all know that's not true anyway. Didn't have to. We, we so just, end, we just end up with medieval historians in our mentions if we, if we go on about how the church today is the same as the church back then or something. Maybe we should just commit ourselves entirely to being a bad history podcast just to oh, generate, generate outrage clicks from Ask Historians. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can dig. I mean, that's fair. The film received mostly negative reviews, but grossed $300 million. <laughs> See? See? What's negative about $300 million in the back pocket? Van Helsing was fucking rad, man. There was even, like, merchandise tie-ins, weren't there? Yeah, there was a whole video game and everything. Was there? Was there? Yeah. yeah. There was a Van Helsing video game. Kate Beckinsale was nominated for Worst Actress and Worst Female Fake Actress. Uh, worst female fake, fake accent, and nominated for worst film that year at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Didn't she at do the some Stinkers? Weird... Not even the Razzies at the Stinkers. That's the, the Golden Stinkers, Globes like, of the bad, Razzie world. Formerly known as the Hastings Bad Cinema Society, a Los Angeles-based group of film buffs and film critics. Oh, these cunts have just fucking set themselves up and put them given themselves a. You, uh, we we can do that if we yeah, want. Good. We'll call them was like by Michael Lancaster and Ray Wright, two former ushers who met in the late 1970s at what is now the Pacific Hastings Theater in Pasadena, California. The Stinkers Bad Movie Awards have been featured in Entertainment Weekly USA Today. That's oh, a bit of a stretch, isn't it? What a fucking absolute grift. You're an <sighs> usher and you somehow managed to get yourself on all these fucking publications for saying, hey, these actors In sucks. fairness, in fairness, and I, I have my suspicions that this entire Wikipedia page has been done by one of the people involved. The Stinkers were similar to the Golden Raspberry Awards, the Razzies, which debuted four years after the Stinkers. Oh. So apparently they got the idea first. Okay. Who did it well? The Stinkers trophy consists <laughs> of a, a miniature porcelain toilet wrapped in film, like movie film. Okay. That sounds better than the Razzie, actually. That, that, the award actually sounds better. I'd rather have one of those. The Given first the scale of this, they're not breaking even paying money for that fucking <laughs> statue. Porcelain's expensive. So tell me, <laughs> did, did, did she win the, the, the Stinker? Or was she just nominated? Um, just nominated, apparently. <laughs> who won if this movie got trashed so bad who the fuck won if she didn't win let's find out what happened in 2004 at the stinkers awards like, see how long incredible. it takes the web archive this, to this thing got worst destroyed film, worst film Go. oh that's fair that's fair I didn't realise that was the same year wait Catwoman yeah, yeah. oh yeah so Halle Berry won worst yeah actress. Halle Berry yeah, yeah. Won actress yeah yeah, that uh, makes sense. Worst sense and, of direction, stop them before they can direct again. Pit off, Catwoman. Worst performance by an actor in a leading role, Ben Affleck, Jersey Girl and Surviving Christmas. Worst performance by an actress in a leading role, Halle Berry, Catwoman. Worst performance by an actor in a supporting world, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Around the World in 80 Days. I remember it was great. That. that was a great was movie. He? 
I don't remember the movie. Worst I just remember the ads for it. Sharon Stone and Catwoman. Did Garfield uh, win like any stinkers? Franks. Uh, they, if you were behind the stinkers, you would be fucking furious because Halle Berry turned up in person to the Razzies to get her worst actress <laughs> award and did a spoof of her uh, Oscar speech. So you'd be fucking really put in your place when the, the, the ceremony, which came up five years later, pulled in an actual star to do a meme. I, uh, you. I, I fucking love when when people in Hollywood take the Razzies on the chin and, and like actually like give it the attention. I think it's so funny. Like it's all a big joke, but they just they do it well, and it's like great, yeah, exactly. Like you know, who cares? Van well, Helsing I mean, only got, I, they actually break it down the the results by percentage. Worst of two thousand and four, fifteen percent votes for Van Helsing. Uh, it was beaten by eighteen percent for Alexander. With um, was that the one? I was about to say Colin, Colin Farrell. Yeah, the Colin Farrell about, one. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I was about. I, I thought uh, was the is that not Brad Pitt or is Colin Farrell in that as well? No, Brad Pitt was in Troy, which is you know not great but pretty good. Uh, Alexander is just terrible. Oh uh, Angelina Jolie who plays. Colin, who is Colin Farrell playing? Alexander. 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 He plays. Oh, he he plays blonde haired Alexander the Great. Uh, I think his his mother is what's her name? Olympia. I think is Alexander the Great's mother, played by Angelina Jolie. Um, Val, <laughs> I think Val Kilmer plays Philip II of Macedon. Uh, it's, it's an amazing cast. Oh my god. We've said this before. If you give Colin Farrell a budget, that's a fucking bad movie. Don't go see it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. It's it really is true. If you give him a budget, it's gonna end up being a bad film. I am I am not gonna see the Batman. I'm not gonna go see it. No. But I am very no. much enjoying watching videos of him being put into makeup for the penguin for the Batman. <laughs> I it was one of those films that I thought maybe we can go see it as a bit of a goof and talk about it for the podcast. When they said it was almost three hours long, before any of the credits or anything kick off, I gave up. I'm not sitting in the cinema for almost three and a half hours. Fuck off. I'm not doing it. I just I I refuse. I wanted to see what the what this year's stinkers were, and uh, I've gone to the URL. It says the domain thestinkers.com is for sale. <laughs> Whoa. We can How nominate much, who we want. So much yeah, power. We, we're we're going to look into buying the stinkers.com. What a great email. What a great uh, domain to have. Fucking watch out, Kate Beckinsale. You're click, get here your more, click here for more details. Did I, I tell you what? Did I tell you what domain I wanted to buy for a long time? And just I just realized I'm never going to get it. What? Fight.club. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's been done. Yeah, exactly. Why? That's my point. Why are you never going to get it? Because <laughs> there's no way anyone will ever give that domain up. But what's it being used for? Probably nothing. It's probably just domain hosted. Domains.com. Uh, yeah, they're going to sit well, on yeah. it and someone offers them a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. Fight.club. Own one of the most powerful domain names for the fight game yeah. ever registered. Take mm-hmm. your fight you promotion and professional training program to the highest level. How much yeah. do you think it would be, Adam, you're your best place to guess this. How much do you think it would be to buy thestinkers.com? Yearly. Well, sorry. How much to buy the sneakers.com? Because there's there's a fee here. I have a number. I'm, I'm gonna there. I'm gonna say GoDaddy is probably asking for eighteen hundred dollars. Uh, it's a bit more than that. How far um, above? Uh I'm not very good at maths, but uh more than three times than that. Huh. Four times that actually. Seventy two hundred. Actually, actually it's more actually it's more than five times that. <laughs> Are you fucking hell, Steve? 
Wow. Actually, it's several hundred times that price. Well, I don't know. You can check my maths in a second, right? What's it? What is actually? What's what is the price? I'm very curious now. Uh, it is nine thousand four hundred and sixty-nine euro and sixty-five cent, plus a fee of nineteen euro ninety-five a year, for sale by the current owner. Very strange. Yeah. Very very strange. They must have had an offer at one point, said no to it, and now they're trying yeah. to get that money back. <laughs> if I had to guess. <laughs> Well, that's pretty crazy. Like that—that's a much higher uh, bid than most places will will have for when you're trying to snipe a domain from them, like substantially higher. You so, could have the you could have the stinkers dot net for uh, well twelve dollars twelve ninety nine a year, I think. Oh no, there's an ad on there. Hang on, the stinkers dot net. I mean, if you apply for a dot eu, you can usually get it for a penny for the first year. We have the stinkers dot eu. The stinkers dot net is an available domain. I think the stinkies.com might be an option. Stinkies. <laughs> That's for when you talk shit on child movies. <laughs> that domain no, is available. Those are the little stinkies. The stinkies.com is available. You know what's fantastic? 84 cent for uh, the first year. Oh, that's a good price. Yeah. The, the, uh, the best thing about uh, the, the stinkers in 2004 is that Van Helsing and Van Alexander Helsing. were up there to get like absolutely fucking like lambasted that's the same year that garfield came out so that's fucking that's incredible that garfield came out and like is so far above them he's not even on the list like that's a fucking good a good run for garfield they have um they have a particularly cruel category as well hang on let me just see if I... um yeah. biggest cruel, stupid cruel fucking category idiot. called worst worst performance by a child actor Oh, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Steve, Stephen's being punished for laughing. Who, uh, who won in 2004? <laughs> who was the worst uh, child actor in 2004? I'm going to have to go back and uh, find out. Bear with me a second. 2004. Garfield, Around the World in the 80s Days. Um, was, there was no Star Wars. Was there a Harry Potter movie that year? Probably Scooby-Doo. <laughs> there was no children in Scooby-Doo. I'm sure there was. I'm going to say Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. In 2004, I, I still haven't even gotten near it. Hang on. I'm just trying to find the fucking thing. I 2004, Stinkies. Catwoman. <laughs> I was um, on the topic of like these type of awards. I think I really enjoyed um, the outrage when Ben Affleck was nominated for Worst Actor Razzie this year. They call, it, they like, call it the, the Spencer Breslin Award for Worst Performance by a Child in a Feature Row. Did Spencer Breslin row. win it? Uh, he must have done sometime. Soren Fulton in Thunderbirds. In Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Um, Very unfortunate. Do you, know, do you want to know the first, first nineteen seventy eight stinkers bad movie awards? That's how long this piece of shit goes back to. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight. Jesus. Yeah. I like to imagine that back then 
I mean, it's probably something like, you know, one of those disaster movies like Airport or something, but I like to yeah. imagine it's an act of tremendous hubris by someone like Scorsese or Michael Cimino or something, but I don't think he'd no, done Heaven's it, Gate yet. I think it's I think it's an absolute no mark picture. It's called If I Ever See You Again. Uh, well, we didn't. Starring so. absolutely nobody that I can think of that I recognize. Joe Brooks as the lead, Shelley Hackers, Jimmy Breslin, Jerry Keller, George Pitt. No idea. No idea who any of these people are. It was directed by Joe Brooks himself. Okay. That's a bit of a dunk on a what seems to be a no mark movie. Ah, sexual assault indictment. Ah, grim. I thought that was an award for a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? We Bad News Bears Go to Japan was, was, was second nominated. Uh, oh, there's an expanded bar- ballot. Okay. Original ballot? Worst. I don't understand how this is supposed to work. Worst director that year was uh, Bob Dylan for Ronaldo and Claro. We send, we send out ballots to the stinkiest stinkers in all of LA, and then they get back to us, and we find out who the stinkiest is in that year. Farrah Fawcett, <laughs> Farrah Fawcett was the first first uh, worst actress nominated in these second tier worst movies awards. For the worst supporting for? actor, Burt Young and Convoy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard of many of these pictures, which is probably the whole point of the thing. Remembering on. Unf- I feel like the idea of ironic enjoyment as well is a pretty modern thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd also argue... goes back to 1978 here. I'd also argue there's no such thing as ironic enjoyment. You just enjoy it or you don't. (laughs) I mean, I think you can definitely enjoy it while mentally applying a different filter than you normally would. Like, if you're watching The Room, you're enjoying it. Like, it's not like there's there's a level to your enjoyment, but you're definitely employing different mental processes while you're watching it then you would be yeah i get you i get you i just think people uh i think people get to love to use that as an excuse to like name shit that no one else likes so they they don't have to say they like it and i just think that it's like yeah you know you're just you just like this that's fine you would like something it's okay well in case they're like embarrassed to be seen yeah yeah Yeah, we all we all know that this is shit but like you know uh, just watch it anyway it's like yeah because you enjoy it like, like, let's, let's, you know, let's call it as it is. You enjoyed this thing. You're a fan of Thunderbirds, the movie from 2007 or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. You can like it. It's funny because I think simultaneously now, yeah, obviously you have a culture of um, reluctance to be seen investing too much in something like that. That's why you have to do it ironically. But then also you've never had a culture more accepting of people watching whatever shit they want to watch. Like, imagine, you know, telling someone telling another adult in the 1970s that you really enjoyed watching children's movies. They just said, that's not how an adult acts. Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> Are you a pervert? Yeah. Yes. Also as, we, also, as we've talked about before, all children's movies are, are garbage and are aimed at children. So while you can enjoy the movie, that's fine. It, but you have to also realize it is a child's movie. Except Paddington 2, which is for adults. I just there's so many times where you see someone criticizing a child's film, and that's fine. But you also have to realize that you know this is made for children. <laughs> you you aren't the audience here. It's fully understandable that you don't like this thing. Yeah. I I can tell you why you don't like it. It's aimed at literal baby heads. Or or even if you have people like over analyzing a children's movie, you know, like I've got, I don't know what I've done to fucking deserve this, but YouTube keeps suggesting to me now video essays for the first few Harry Potter movies. Like, what were these secrets hiding in the background? Why did... 
it's a children's film. They put it in because they thought children would like to look at it. I would imagine the reason you're getting that is because there's been such a marketing push for that new Harry Potter film that all of the search algorithm things are just kind of getting fucked up everywhere. I could, I, I really liked Harry Potter when I was young, and I went off it entirely long before J.K. Rowling outed herself as a terrible person. It's just one of those things. It's I, too ubiquitous. I was it's, never. It's obviously sorry. It's just it's obviously shallow. It's such a shallow piece of media designed for yeah. young adults to consume that people who consumed it at the right age now insist that we treat seriously as literature, and I think that just turned me off everything. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like I never, I never liked Harry Potter. It's not for me. Um, but the unfortunate side effect of Harry Potter being such a fucking global phenomenon means I can never escape it ever. I like I'm doomed to fucking have to live through this for the rest of the time. Because even though these films have now bombed, in fucking ten years there's gonna be some Amazon Prime Harry Potter TV show or whatever, and there's gonna be another million movies at some stage, and there'll probably be more fucking books. And Darker just, I'm and never, yeah, you're just never gonna escape it. You know, it's gonna it's gonna get recycled for all time because they'll at some stage decide, hey, mm. we've given the five year gap, so then we can make another trilogy of fucking movies or whatever, and you're never gonna get away from it. You're gonna be trapped with it forever. And I just have like, and it's really annoying because like I'm not really a Star Wars fan, but I can very easily avoid Star Wars. I cannot fucking avoid Harry Potter. I try and I try and I try, and inevitably, I always end up in a fucking conversation with someone who likes it, or a movie has just come out, or every ad on it, or every fucking news article about J.K. Rowling being a dickhead again. And you so just I brought just it up, friend, though. I yeah, because no, actually, Dan brought it up, oh. and I'm oh, saying yeah. that I can't Sorry. escape it. That's it. You just can't. Like, it's going to happen forever. A new movie comes out and you're out having beers with someone and someone says, like, oh, did you see whatever, Harry Potter and the Dangling Tate or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> and then and then this comes up and you're like, no, I don't like Harry Potter. And then then the worst part happens. Then they go, what do you mean you don't like Harry Potter? What do you mean? I don't understand. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I have a wife. That's why I don't like Harry Potter, okay? If I was 13, I'd probably fucking love it. But you know what? I'm not. Leave me alone. But no, you, you didn't like it when you were 13. So even then, you mentally were 30 and had a wife. That's fair. But if I was 13 again now, I'd probably like different shit. I can't imagine I'd like the same things. Uh, at the, if I was 13 tomorrow, if I woke up 13 tomorrow, I can't imagine I'd like the same things I did when I was originally 13. What did the you world like when you were originally 13? Van Helsing, baby! Woo! <laughs> You were called the Van Helsing kid in school. <laughs> you showed up in the in the hat and the trench coat. I uh, people refer to me as the Van Helsing. Warnings are going to be put on the uh, Harry Potter books. What is that? What? Like you just you have to like where like the like the intro would be or like the tanks section. It's all apparently the it's a universe, University of Chester thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I had to suffer through a whole bunch of fucking J.K. Rowling stuff recently because she was at that lesbian or the queer march or whatever she was at. I don't know. I just want to live my life in peace. Please stop retweeting these things. Please stop putting it on my timeline. Stop giving her the attention she deserves or she wouldn't, you know. Let her be an old fucking super millionaire in a castle or wherever she lives in and let her be. <laughs> and also stop fucking, stop posting glitter on the timeline. Just get, like, stop. Let's let's move on. I can't, I can't be dealing with this. It's been too long. I just, I, I'm over it. You won. If you're anti Glinner, he's out. He's gone. He's off the platform. It's time for you to accept it and move on with your lives. Can't keep dealing with this. God damn. Shout out to Daniel Radcliffe, though. I'm sure he's a very nice little boy. 
you know who's as bad as J.K. Rowling? John Boyne. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. I, I feel like John Boyne isn't as problematic as J.K. Rowling because J.K. Rowling hasn't humiliated herself publicly on the scale that John Boyne has repeatedly. And that's therefore, fair. I, mean, he's, I feel like he's we owe humiliated her himself pretty repeatedly. He's been dunked on by the yeah, Holocaust that's, Museum. That's what I'm saying. Is books, and he's just John, like, well, fuck you, Holocaust Museum. I'm going to write a sequel. It's even I, less accurate than before. Or I'm his, not, um, his I'm thing where he so stole... charming and doted upon by the Irish book press. I did, where he, where he stole his recipes for his book from fucking Breath of the Wild. Yeah, what's that about? Yeah. That Listen, was I'm the not, single I'm greatest not a, story uh... I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I I'm not a kink shamer. I'm not I'm not against anyone's it's whatever they're into, they're into. There is no doubt in my mind John Boyne just fucking loves being humiliated. Like there's no way you can live your life like this and not just love being humiliated. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is the case. And that's just it. Like that's just that's who he is as a person and he just he just absolutely just loves it. He just it just drives him up the fucking wall. He goes nuts over it. Yeah. Fucking DM in the Holocaust Museum. Yeah, baby, tweet about me again, please. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just a shit. I don't know. And I mean, that's fine. Who am I to judge? At this I stage, think genuinely, entirely... he and the book press and the publishing industry in Ireland probably reckon that people who critic would be inclined to tweet and think critically about his books wouldn't be inclined to read them anyway. Before but... we go, mm-hmm. before we wrap up, and I agree with you. Um, before before we wrap up, I just because uh, I was just reminded of this now. <clears throat> you know how constantly. I, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but I I see it a lot on Irish Twitter and stuff, especially people talk about media literacy. It comes up a lot, especially over the last like two years. Yeah. You always have someone that goes like, "This is super important." You know, media literacy is so important. They should teach it in schools. Blah blah blah. And I do agree. I. I have a real problem because every time I see this, if you go onto this person's profile, the very, very first fucking tweet on their profile is them falling for a meme and thinking it's real. And I swear to God, I can't keep living through this. I seen it the other day where they were talking about media literacy and I was like, that's a really good point. And I clicked on their profile and they had taught that that video of the moon did you see the, the 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 CGI moon video that was going around? Where like yeah. Ro- rise, yeah, very clearly fake. It looks insane, like <laughs> like very clearly like. But they had like they were like retweeting and talking about like this is the most amazing site in the world, and I was just thinking like, what? What are you? What? How did you? How did you get from those two points though? I don't I don't understand. And this happens every time. Maybe they're I saying d- that you need media literacy because they're like the example. You know, it's like saying, please don't do drugs. Look at me. But like, it's it's weird because like I can understand someone falling for something that's very clearly supposed to be like a lie. You know, if someone's trying to like maliciously send information out, I can see someone falling for that. Look, stuff happens, whatever. But like, you know, you go to their fucking profile and... You know, you go on and they'll just be talking about like, yeah, this fucking, this bad luck Brian kid, he just has a lot of really bad luck in his life. <laughs> we should all like, why, we should all why do is something. Why no one about. helping him? And like, it's oh. just, I don't know what it is. Like, it's very clearly like a meme they fell for every time. And I just, I, I, I can't, it's like a joke. I really feel like I'm not in on the joke. <laughs> I feel like it drives me nuts. It's the same with, this is my new loose. When people try and write loose and they write loose instead, this has become <laughs> it for me. Oh, it's the other way for it's the other way around for me when people try to write loose and they write loose instead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like that used to come up all the time, 
and it I it, I don't know what it was. It would just drive me fucking crazy, and I I I let it go. I let it go. I I threw it away. This this bad feelings are gone into the ether. It's gone. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And then as soon as I did that. This media literacy fucking sets of tweets started popping up all over my timeline because it's almost like I've gone on to level two in a video game and it's way more annoying than level one was and this is where I am now and it just I can't I'm gonna have to ban the words media literacy I think that's my next step is I have to just ban them I have to mute them and just move on with my life. It's amazing the words that you end up fucking block if you go into like your list of blocked terms or blocked people. And some of them are probably completely harmless or people I would agree with, but they made one annoying comment and I was like, yeah, I could do it never seeing you again. My my mute list is fucking gigantic and it gets bigger every week. Um, and it's just purely because like if you don't, the, your timeline is just the same fucking same tweet over and over and over again for eternity. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I, I, I can't log on and see the same shit constantly. The worst There's part now though, people is... Who- so I've muted a lot of COVID stuff. Um, almost everything COVID-related I've muted. I temporarily unmuted it when I thought we were going to go back into a lockdown, and now I've muted them again because it's been an unbearable two years with social media when it comes to COVID. Can't do it. Timeline's much better for it. Love it. Sometimes I log in and someone hasn't tweeted in eight hours because it's all been COVID. Don't care. Much happier that way. The problem is now is that people have started screenshotting tweets and posting them instead of just retweeting them so now it's getting around the fucking mute <laughs> because it's a screenshot and obviously the screenshot doesn't read the fucking words on the screenshot I hate it hate it hate it there's no point in waiting the battery died it's 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 fine you can move on but why do you have a webcam with batteries yeah, that's pretty. Because I don't. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you big. Because dipshit. I'm using an ADD, you fucking fools. All because you kept crying about the fact I wasn't using a webcam. Yeah, well, we want to use a webcam, webcam properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would I spend webcam. fifty quid on a webcam when I have a two thousand euro webcam sitting in my drawer? Why you is your two thousand euro webcam not lasting for longer than an hour and a bit? Yeah, man. I haven't charged it in a few days. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we find the real <laughs> villain. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. Well, you know, it's not, it's not made for that. Also, I should have charged it, but I didn't. So here we are. <laughs> we almost made it. Is there anything you guys have before we wrap up for the day? I don't think so. <sighs> no, I don't mean condoms. Well, I'm not talking about putting on condoms. We're talking about wrapping up the show. Oh, okay. We can put the show in a condom. Remember everyone out there, wear a condom at all times because you never know what could happen. Literally at all times. Staple it onto your willy, but just make sure that it's there. If you're going to do something like a tough mudder and you don't put a condom on first, you're a fool. You're going to get mud right in your dick hole. That's insane. You're a lunatic. And then the next time you pee, you'll pee out mud. Yuck. Or you'll have to stick stuff in there to clean it. You don't want to do that. That's not a good afternoon. I'm ending that was too far for me. At this point, I'm ending my involvement with this. I'm disconnecting. Uh, see, that's a man that doesn't wear a condom when he does Tough Mudder. Fuck's sake. Bye. Right, end the podcast before Steve quits. <laughs> Fine. This has been episode 51 of Morning Brew. I have, of course, been Adam Sheridan. I'm Stephen Burke. And I'm Daniel Purcell. See ya. Uh, make, sure make, sh- <laughs> make sure you like the podcast. Make sure you share the podcast. Make sure you send me new batteries so I can have a webcam in future recordings. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>